What's up, Packers fans? Aaron Negler here with Cheesehead TV. I'm joined by Deontay Lee of The Athletic, who has a great piece about defensive fits scheme-wise from the draft. He covers the draft for The Athletic. Uh, you can find his piece in the uh, description of this video. Deontay, thanks so much for joining me today, man. Yeah, thank you for making the time. Um, you know, I've obviously been following your work, Peter's work, you know, who does Locked On Packers. Obviously, Justice right. Muscata is a very close associate of mine. So glad to be talking Packers. I think I'm probably going to be touching on quite a few of your guys' platforms um, right. in the coming days to talk about Clay Walker. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. Well, that was the thing. You Your piece highlighted what you considered the best scheme fits as far as, you know, you highlighted like five or six guys, I think, and Walker mm -hmm. was one of them. And I was kind of fascinated by what you wrote, particularly, I mean, I think everybody who, you know, Packers fans, you see a guy get drafted, you automatically go watch, you know, YouTube highlights or whatever. Right. But there's something that you wrote that I found really interesting in regards to his kind of ability to kind of walk out when offenses like to spread things around, because that's something the Packers have struggled with when teams mm -hmm. like to go to like the, the spread stuff, the empty kind of formations, you know, as far as matchups go, the Packers have struggled there. And how, how do you feel or how do you see that working with Walker and Devondre Campbell staying on the field, which is something they've talked about? Um, I think that that's kind of where I wanted to start is with Devondre Campbell, you know, coming into 2022, I think there were just questions in general about what the second level of the Packers defense was going to look like, whether or not Devondre Campbell was going to be ready to take that next step and really be a dependable every down level of player. And I think that he proved that he was able to do so, right? Like I, We definitely saw him being used to, I think, his strengths with Joe Barry, which is a credit to him. Um, and then I think we saw some of the things that he might still have a little bit of a gap in his game with. And that comes to, hey, can you walk out into space and deal with tight ends who are athletic enough to really right. punish you in those intermediate areas? Can you deal with, you know, that fourth, that fourth receiver, that extra slot? You know, if they get into those 10 personnel looks and it's not just him, I think that that was just their linebacker room in general. They kind of cycled through guys. And that was something that um, that our guy, Justice Mosqueda, kind of talked about when he was discussing Quay Walker. Right. Or um, was trying to talk about finding that next backer to play with Devondre. So that way he can do what he does best, which is staying in the box, fitting the run, dealing with running backs. And I think that that's what Quay Walker gives you is another dependable piece that you can use with all these different personnel groupings that we know that the Packers have, you know, especially given the fact that they're so talented in the defensive backfield and they right. can do so many different things, you know, up front. I think that now that you have a guy like Quay Walker, the best version of him really allows you to put your best 11 players on the field, regardless of what the offense is doing and feel safe that there's no real mismatches for an offense to go and pick on. So that's what I think, you know, from a 10,000 foot view that you get with Quay Walker is just that ability to really be able to match up and take away any of those kind of um, issue areas that we've typically seen with the Packers defense. Well, it's interesting, too, because I think a lot of Packers fans were surprised at a linebacker being selected. Now, clearly right. the Packers love this kid and they love his ability and the idea of locking him up long term on a cheap deal to go mm -hmm. along with Devondre Campbell, who they obviously signed to a pretty significant contract. Right. I noticed in your last mock, I think it was your last mock, you had the Packers taking a linebacker. You had it happening at 28. Uh, right. It was N'Kobe Dean, I think, still another mm -hmm. Georgia guy. What is, what's the difference between those two as far as you're looking at Walker's game versus Dean's game? As someone who watches zero college football, I mean, right. you can throw any guy on tape. And I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's a fast Georgia guy, all right. <laughs> right. But, you know, what, what are some of the, maybe some of the finer things that, you know, you think maybe the Packers saw in Walker uh, over the rest of the field when it came to that linebacker position? 
Well, I think a like the number one thing, and this isn't really particular to Green Bay, but I do think it's pretty instructive when you talk about them in the draft is they have very serious thresholds when it comes to like height, weight, speed, size, right. size metrics, right? Like right. there are certain guys that can go be stars anywhere else in the NFL that, you know, would just never cross the radar of the Packers front office, right? They want certain body types in certain spots. So number one, that's what you get. And I think that that's also instructive when you look at the way that they played last year, right? I think I make mention of it every time I talk about the Packers, and it's just how enormous they are up front, right? Yes, Between right. Sean Gary, Preston Smith, <laughs> right. Kenny Clark, you know, we go down the line, you know, they play big. And I think that, you know, when you play that big up front, it does require you to have certain kinds of athletes behind them, right? That can go out and play in the second level and deal with those intermediate throwing windows, be able to play out in space when the ball bounces out wide, you know, things like that. So that's what Quay Walker gives you. You see that in the 4-5-40 that he ran. You know, he's 6'3", 240 pounds. He's got the arm length that you would like to see out of your prototypical linebacker. So just physically, you know you're getting the prototype that you want. And then from a skill set position, and this is something that I noted every time I watched Georgia play, was the more spread out offenses got, the more playing time Quay Walker saw, and then the more spread formations that they saw, the more that they trusted Quay of their linebackers to go step out and deal with that number three receiver in your trips formation. So that third receiver, that slot, you know, something that the Packers are really familiar with, you know, when Devontae Adams was here, that was something that they loved right. to do was put him in the slot for the same reason that you go out and get a Quay Walker, right? Because the assumption <laughs> right. is that, hey, whatever linebacker you have there, can't, you know, shine the shoes of your best wide receiver or your second best wide receiver if he's in the slot and matched up with that guy. So having the guy who has the height, weight, speed, and length metrics that you need to be able to play in those windows in general. And I think that, you know, you look at the foot quickness, the lateral mobility, his ability to play comfortably out in zone coverage, which is another thing that's big with the Packers, right, is being able to use quarters right. coverage, cover yes. two, a combination of both, to really be able to squeeze those intermediate windows. That's exactly the kind of player that Quay Walker is and I'm not shocked after the fact you know it did kind of catch me off guard that he was the linebacker taken for them um that, that they moved around in the draft to make sure that they were able to get to him that was a shocker but when you look at skill set versus scheme fit it makes all the sense in the world and, and all that shot kind of left me the second I gave it some thought and I and now I kind of have a clear picture of what this defense is going to look like in 2022. What's interesting, you mentioned how big they are up front. They certainly are, uh, whether it's, you know, that interior, whether it's the guys on the outside, what have you. Um, one of the other guys that you mentioned in your piece who went to the Buccaneers, um, Hall, the mm -hmm. defensive tackle, who was funny because that's who I had kind of earmarked as one of my draft crushes for the Packers. Mm -hmm. um, and it was interesting to see them go with Wyatt. Is there something there athletically that you think maybe fits the Packers scheme a little bit better, what they're asking these guys to do up front? Because as you say, they traditionally have like kind of not, you know, just taken up blocks, but that is right. obviously a significant part of what they do. But why it seems like such a an athlete, like a guy right. who's going to have a really quick first step in a way that they haven't had a ton of in Green Bay. I'm kind of fascinated to see whether or not they view Wyatt as that second defensive tackle in their nickel personnel to play alongside Kenny Clark. Um, and this is something that I think that he made a lot of money for himself with this past season at Georgia was showing that a, he could trim the weight 
So he went down from being a 340, 350 pound guy to basically being right at 300, between 300 and 310 is what I heard this past year at Georgia. And then as he trimmed that weight down, you see that explosive first step, right? And that's a rare trait to get out of guys that size. And then he right. comes out, runs a sub five, you know, 40 at that height and weight, you know, and now your, your ears are really perked up, right? And you go back and you watch the film and you see a guy who can move laterally. So now that opens up the door for all of like your stunts and twists that you might want to run up front. And, you know, when you're just pinning your ears back and getting after the quarterback, that's a guy that I think has great hand usage. He's somebody who I do think you can use to kind of pick on guards with. And again, we start talking about within the Packers scheme, um, you know, specifically in the guys who are off the Fangio tree all the different fronts and personnel packages you use, they are very intentional with making sure that they have players in position that can take advantage of some things up front. And I think that Wyatt is that kind of skeleton key guy in between, you know, from guard to guard that you can put anywhere and say, Hey, he can fit the run as a three technique. He can fit the run as a nose. He can get after the quarterback in both of those positions. You know, he can be a true defensive tackle in every sense of the word. And that's why, again, it's one of those things that makes a lot of sense to me. And you put him next to Kenny Clark and, you know, good luck running the football <laughs> into that, man. Right. You know, it's going to be really, right. really tough to deal with this team in between the tackles this year. I'm glad you mentioned Fangio because I did want to kind of step back and look at this like 30,000 foot wise. As far as the scheme itself, we've talked a lot about what Joe Barry likes to do. Um, mm -hmm. And the fact that he comes out of that Fangio tree, right, what Staley was doing there in L.A. and kind of this this mold of this two a real and you mentioned it i think in your piece the the too high safety being the majority of mm -hmm. the looks you get now we saw them kind of throwing together some three safety stuff last year right. i do think you probably don't get as much of that this year with walker in the mix but right. how do you see maybe not the evolution because who knows what what they really want to do there behind closed doors in the lab mm -hmm. so to speak but what do you think with the personnel they now have on hand, these two first round selections, bringing back all the guys they got with Douglas and, and they got Campbell back in the mix and you're getting Jair back from injury, et cetera. Do you see them being a, I mean, a really multiple defense or do you think they kind of just kind of play their stuff pretty straight up and count on their athletes to do most of the work? I would say the question I'm really looking to have answered is where does Jair Alexander line up this next right. year? Right. You know, if is he going to be and you know, we saw him coming back from injury. I think that part of it was, hey, while he's nursing himself back to health, let's kind of protect him and not put yeah. him back out on the island by himself. And then I think they kind of stumbled into, hey, this guy might be a pretty good slot corner. You know, he this looked might be really good in that playoff game. No Absolutely. doubt about it. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, that might be something that they want to, you know, kind of key into going forward. And I do expect him to be multiple in that way. I think about him now that I've seen him play in the slot and play really well in the slot. You can kind of use him similarly to the way that the Rams use Jalen Ramsey, right? Which is that, hey, if right. there's a problem that we have to deal with in the slot, maybe it's a guy who's too shifty for a Russell Douglas. Well, we've got a Jair Alexander who can handle that without any problems. You know, we can move him inside. Or if we're dealing with, you know, a Justin Jefferson and he's lined up out on the outside, that's the guy we want uh, matched up with him. We can kick him back outside and kind of reconfigure the personnel around it. So I do expect it to be a lot of what we saw in 2021 in terms of, hey, on a week by week basis, we're kind of closing our eyes, you know, sticking our hand into a hat and whatever personnel right. package right. we draw out is what we're rolling with on Sunday. I do expect a lot of that. And I think that their draft picks kind of reinforce that. 
That's why you go out and get a Devontae Wyatt. That's why you go out and get a Quay Walker. And another thing that Quay Walker does is he can line up on the edge sometimes and give you a little bit as a pass rusher too. Yeah, I've been wondering about that because I've seen uh, mentions of that in some mm-hmm. writing, but I haven't really gone. I, I just don't have the time to go look at right. Georgia tape. You know, I got right. I got a life to live, Deontay. Absolutely. But, <laughs> you know, but but I have seen people mention that. Is that do you think that's part of his skill set? I do. I don't think that it's as big a piece as like Channing Tindall, who was his teammate at Georgia. He was often on the edge. I think Quay is a better coverage player than he is a rusher or blitzer. Um, But that is something that you can use, you know, if you want to play with three linebackers, you know, you want to get into like some three, three, five personnel or something to that effect where you're playing with a lot of speed at the second level. That's a guy that you can do a lot of things with. Um, So that just kind of opens the door again for you to really kind of hammer in the fact that no offense can show up to Lambeau Field with their best personnel package and feel like they can create problems for us defensively. Um, And and that all kind of ties into what they're doing schematically. If you want to play with two high safeties and five or more DBs on the field at a time, you've got to have the bodies up front that can deal with all the different kind of looks you're going to see from an offense. And I think that they've got that. And the best version of this defense, I think is going to be right up there in the top three, you know, in the NFL again. So that's exactly kind of what I expect to see. You know, what we saw in the second half of the year where they were really humming in terms of coverage. And then you really started to see guys like Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith really create a lot of problems in that way. Um, You know, I think that we see that same kind of symbiotic relationship where they're so good in coverage that their big bodies that aren't necessarily pure speed rushers have enough time to crush the pocket and affect the quarterback. And, you know, one one hand kind of feeding the other. That's exactly what I expect to see from them again this year. Man, you got me all pumped up. I'm going to go watch some. Packers tape from last year and just get ready for this 2022 season. Deontay, I can't thank you enough for taking some time and talk about your stuff at The Athletic. Make sure you check it out. Like I said, his article is in the description of this video. You can find the link there. Deontay, thanks so much for the time, man. Thank you, Aaron. Have a good one, man.